This is the Green Strength Podcast with Lucius Tyree IV, where the mission is building strength, enhancing performance, and uplifting consciousness. So tune in with the mind, body, and spirit, and let's get moving. Do you see the shoes I sent you? I, I mean, in, enlighten <laughs> me. Like, what... <laughs> What is this? Okay, a, so I, I was, I was, I've got like a news app, and it has different categories. And so I clicked on this article of like, you know, the ten best gifts for somebody that is, you know, a fitness person in your life. These are the ten best gifts, and and like one of the last ones on there. And I, and I, I hate to like out them by name, but maybe we should. I don't know. Do we? Do we call them out by name? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Let's do it. If you're so there's issues and look, I'm just, it just, it's funny. Um, they're called cane footwear and I'm going to, I have no experience with these. I've just literally just saw them in this article and it just struck me as something that absolutely nobody needs. <laughs> it's of course. So to kind of give, give people what this is, um, they call them the cane revive and these are active recovery shoes. Okay. These are shoes Active recovery. They are a molded sneaker for active recovery. They look a little bit like Crocs, to be honest. Yeah, they kind of look like some Crocs, or but yeah, with like sure. a like a Nike bottom sole sort of. And so here's here, here's what they tell you these shoes do. They they breathe. Exterior perforations and interior channels allow oh enhanced airflow. I just saw that. <laughs> okay, so that's like the Crocs. They've got like holes in them. The raised footbed nodes. So there's little bumps in the footbed. They activate blood flow in key pressure points. They're just little bumps on there. They're, they don't even look like very like. They're not very big no, bumps. No, you get those things you stand on and stuff in your kitchen that are way bigger than that. Yeah. Um, an anatomical last design comfortably secures heel, arch, and instep. So these are not like your feet aren't going to move very. No, <laughs> they, like, so they're going to secure your arch and stuff, which is, you know, that's what we do nowadays. Um, it's hard to rebuild the body and take the time to, to really make sure that the foot actively works and creates stability up chain. Like that's hard work. That's the real hard work. And so let's, you know, nowadays we can just tape it, kines tape and stuff. We can put some wedges in some shoes. We can find magical shoes like this that, are built for a smooth transferability and energy return from the heel to the toes. Man, I, I don't know. This is just a bunch of bullshit. It's just a little product. And, <laughs> and it, but it is obviously it's going to attract a lot of attention. And um, obviously things like this do get sold. That's why they put these things together. And I would almost be willing to bet they probably get a lot more traction than I can believe. And I've come to realize the last couple of weeks, even with some things that have gone on looking and realizing the middle ground of how big the middle ground is. And I was talking with, uh, the old energy goalkeeper, Cody Lorindi, the legend actually this morning on Instagram. And we were kind of going back and forth about something or it was the other day actually, but I made a, I made a comment to him where I was like, you know, um, I don't even want to mess it up. I'm going to look it up here because I can find it in two seconds. Um, but I made a comment to him about extremes and cause we were talking about some extreme recommendations and things like that. And here it is. I said, extremists complicate everything for the middle. 
and the middle just happens to be the majority. And that, like, even though I said it, it kind of stuck. And I was like, man, the majority is out there confused to the stuff. The majority is buying in with the kines tape, buying in with the just give me the, the slip of underneath my heel, the wedge. Give me this active recovery shoe. And no, I don't think it's going to do everything. But I, I hope upon belief that it does a little bit. And it's like, I don't know, man. I, what do you think of this stuff? Like, I just... It's crazy. It is. And again, I, I, I get it. This is that problem of there's so much information out there and there's so many different products out there that aim to do something. And I'm sure that many of them have a benefit to them, right? Like it wasn't that long ago that we were like, all right, foam rollers, right? That was like, a th- and, and like, they're great, right? They have a, they're a great tool that can be used well and, yeah. and get a lot of benefit from it. And then there's, and there may be some things out there that would be like some active recovery shoe, croc-like active recovery shoe. That's just, man, this is just, that, that's not going to help your foot act like a foot and do the natural foot things that your foot is supposed to do. That's not going to have, I mean, it just doesn't, it defies logic, but that they're out here based on absolutely nothing saying that this is going to somehow help. I mean, again, putting tiny, tiny itty bitty little bumps. I mean, we're talking less than a millimeter little bumps here. And they're saying that this like somehow stimulates blood flow to like help you recover. Yeah. That's just, so we get lost, but we get lost in this idea when, well, there's an article that was written and they say, this is one of the the best gifts to give somebody that's, you know, in your, that's into act, you know, being active and stuff. And so, Oh, these are these are some of the kind of things though that that do interest me in a way and um a couple examples there was a uh, god what was it called it was like a, a cold laser do you remember that yeah it was like a like a, a cryo laser mm-hmm. and it's literally marketed as like during these sessions we can because cryotherapy became big again and then of course when you're People started coming out with the research and showing you that cold therapy, you know, can um, incinerate brown adipose tissue, like basically help you lose body fat in ways. So then we take that research and we find ways to try to put it in every little little gimmick we got out there. So now there's this this cold laser, and I I've actually watched people do this for months. And I'm kind of like, usually the people that go in and get it done are a little bit overweight. They're obviously not happy. They're probably not exercising and eating that well. They're, they're looking for this. It's one of those things, though, that like if this was real and this actually worked, would obesity be a problem? I mean, legitimately, if you go to the place and the people giving you the treatment are overweight, does the product work? <laughs> like, would they not just be incinerating their fat on a daily basis if you have the thing? Right. And I, I find this with supplements. I saw one the other day. I can't even remember what it was, but it was uh, it was just and the, one of the old like Chinese medicinal herbs or something that they spun. I know it was ashwanga. Yeah, hmm. it was. That's what it was, and it was it was a powerful like they they spun it like in this testosterone boosting, libido enhancing thing and it's like dude this has been around for forever there's so many variations of this supplement that are out there like do we 
are we led to believe that this group of dudes found the source that nobody else has found and they've had it out for a year now and all the other competitors and stuff, they're just never going to turn to it because they don't know they won't find it. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what this stuff is. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. That's again, it's just, I don't know. I saw it and I'm like, this is just crazy. I'm like, I gotta show this to Luke. (laughs) It's not even a good looking shoe. Uh, (laughs) It doesn't even look good. You know, it's not a good looking shoe, but just know that your shoe is literally not going to, to lead you to active recovery. Um, now I kind of put a sock in my mouth there because there are wonderful shoes that have been made that allow the foot to be a foot. Mm. I would almost argue though, they are still a shoe. There's still some sort of disconnection, no matter how good they are. Um, so we use the ones that give us the best benefit to be a foot. Um, and we use that when we need shoes. You know, and again, there are times and places for kines tape. There are times and places for wedges. There are times and places for a supported shoe. You know, like if you're going to go run a marathon, put yourself in a damn good shoe. I mean, you, you know, you don't need to just like prove a, a point there. You can do some stuff, but are you building your foot up? Are you working on your foot barefoot? Are you, are you doing things to build the strength of the foot? So then when it's game day, you can throw a, you know, your, your shoulder pads and your helmet on and you go play. Yeah. It's so, I don't know. I, I just found that for me, one of the best things I did for how my body feels is to stop wearing like normal shoes, just like 99% of the time to get something that allows my toes to spread out. Maybe something that allows me to, that's sort of a barefoot style shoe that just made kind of everything feel better. It just feels like now all of a sudden things are working more like they're supposed I to. I think you and Hailey are the, I mean, in my world, what I've seen personally, I've seen two people pay more attention to the details of the small stuff during injury. And I watched her come back from that knee surgery like a champ. Mm -hmm. And I watched you with your ankle stuff and the knowledge that you gained. And when you got out of your ankle stuff, you were kind of right back in the game because you put yourself in a position of like, endless work on the foundation on the foot you and highly both worked on the foot more than i did more than anybody else around here even though we all know and it's very interesting to watch that you both seemingly had um anecdotal here it's just on my own viewpoint but you both seemingly had the fastest road to recovery and it like not really a feel like you stepped back it's mm-hmm. almost like, yeah, it was a road to recovery, but you, you moved forward. And I think you would agree with that because I know that you learned a whole hell of a lot about your hips, your knees, your ankles, and what you have to do. Like you literally know enough to teach people now how to have healthy knees and ankles and hips, whether you, you know it scientifically or not. Mm-hmm. And I think the irony there is that you're, like, you used your ankle. You walked on the side of it. You walked inside. You did tons of different calf raises from various positions. You did tons of tibialis work. You did, you know, dorsiflexion, plantar flexion. You did everything. You moved the foot in all ways and focused on strength and stability in all those things at various different times and different exercises in place. Mm -hmm. And that single-handedly is something I, I just find interesting that I've seen in both of you and on my own with Hailey and I were talking to my own recovery in my back 
you've seen the last couple of weeks, I've had the biggest breakthrough in my body and knock on wood there. And it is solely of going back to that stuff and really slowing down and making sure because my, my back on my right side is, is literally messed up. There's a whole history of things that have led to this place where we are right now. So and when I say this, I don't want everybody to say, oh, it's lateral. he's talking lateral hip stability, do this. It's like, I know we got here through tons of stuff. Uh, surgery when I was uh, a young kid with a hernia that has literally turned off part of my transverse abdominis. So when you're thinking out there, there's a lifetime of story here. But now I get to this point where my back is really jacked up and I really figure out it is just, I've come to this lateral hip stability. And the only way to really, not the only way, but the way that I really got into that the most was getting back into the lateral line of the foot and getting back into my foot like we know. And that was just the simple stuff of, of dorsiflexion, plantar flexion, walking on various um, surfaces, walking on different inclines, declines, always uh, uh, varying my loads and, and varying the volume of, of what we're doing and staying on top of it. And I cannot be amazed at just how the roots from the floor up have just affected not only myself, but just watching it affect all of you guys too. And, and I think we're on to something very powerful here. We're, we're making fun of a product and we're saying you don't need that. What you need to do is to really just give yourself five, 10 minutes a day and think about the, the things that carry you or, you know, you're stepping on your feet. They're walking you through life. You're standing on them every day, give them some attention and it will benefit you big time. Absolutely. And, and for me, the, whether you call it active recovery or even just our regular hard training days. I mean, we don't wear shoes. Like that's kind of the, that's one of the green strength things. It's like we let our feet be feet. And so if I'm going to swing kettlebells, if I've got an inch and a half of cushiony rubber underneath my feet between me and the ground, how are my feet going to grab that ground? How are my feet going to help control that entire foundation that leads yep. all the way up to the top of my head? So for me, just getting used to that, that idea of the best way for me to feel like I'm actively recovering is to take my shoes off, to be barefoot, to move around with my feet being feet. And so, uh, yeah, anyway, I thought and that was funny. You know, the last thing I'll say about this is everybody, if you're listening, find people who move well and find people who don't move well. Look at the people who move well, 100% their feet work well. Their feet and ankles work well and set everything up. That's why they can squat down and sit down into squats comfortably and stuff. But if you're looking at somebody who doesn't move very well, might have some hips and back pain, something like that, you're going to find dysfunction in that chain 100%. So no shoe is going to fix that. Uh, just getting back to being a human and making sure that your hands and your feet um, can do what they're designed to do. That's why they have all those nerve endings more than any other place on the body. They are the furthest from our strongest part of our body, which is our torso, our center, our mass. These are the farthest things away, and they have the most communication and power because they need it. So they set everything up, you know, in between. So there, there you go. Yeah. Because I got another question. I'm leaving in the morning. I'm gonna, I've got a work trip. So I got to fly out, and uh, me and Tara, we're both going to be out there. And, of course, as we are... People who like to stay active and be healthy and, and do do our uh, green strength lifestyle every day. Uh, I wanted to kind of pick your brain. I know you've had some other people ask you some questions as well mm -hmm. on traveling. I mean, it just throws, it feels like it throws everything into 
a blender and makes it so much harder to be healthy. It's like, you know, I come back from a work trip and I'm just like, I feel like I've eaten bad. I feel like I haven't moved enough, you know? And so maybe the, the answer is simple, but I want to kind of pick your brain about advice on how to kind of manage your lifestyle when you're traveling, because I'm going to be gone for, I don't know, five or six days. And so it's not like a, a an overnight trip. It's, it's a decent length trip for work. And so I'm going to be missing out on a lot of the, the, the routine that I have. Yeah. And so how do you advise people to kind of want to kind of get into that? Just how you manage to advise people and, and what you see other people do and those kinds of things. Well, it's a, used to be a bad answer and now it's a popular answer in today's time. Everybody wants to fast. So you have an opportunity to fast now, you know, if you're going to be in a shitty airport or and traveling for a day and you're not going to get the food that you want, that you normally enjoy, that you feel optimizes you and makes you feel good. This is a perfect time to not eat the shit and wait until you get the nutrients that you want. That has a little little work to it. It's easy to fast. It's easy to avoid stuff. But you do need to be um, smart. And you've got to, like, where am I traveling to? What's around? Where am I staying? Like, what do I have around there? Do a little prep work. And you're always going to find a restaurant, a Whole Foods, some sort of market. And then you can kind of uh, game plan what you're going to do once you get into your destination. Let's go get the good nutrients. Let's go get the good foods. And let's put those in our body now. And um, you did a healthy thing with the fast too. I mean, the fast is can be a, a very beneficial thing. So why not just take that opportunity versus spend more money on overpriced airport food or, <laughs> you know, things like that. That's, that's number one. Another tactic that I've always found super easy when traveling that makes things easy is kind of, I don't want to call it uh, going keto or going carnivore, but it's always easy to get a good piece of meat or fish or some, you know, good piece of protein at a restaurant. I can always dictate that. The things that get you in trouble are usually the sides and the, the processed foods or anything's, you know, the, all the other carbs and the, the mac and cheese. Them, right. So, you know, if it's not a, a special occasion, something, if you're still, and I'll touch on that in a second, but one, one thing that's easy to do is just to avoid the carbs and the, the, that kind of stuff then, and just stay strict on, give me some good vegetables. I'm paying the restaurant. I can ask you how to cook them. Can you cook them in this oil or whatever? Cool. Or leave that off. You can dictate that. Nobody's ever that big of an asshole about anything, especially if you ask them nicely. But a, a very easy tactic is just to start kind of going to more of a lower carb approach and just eat the good healthy fats, get some vegetables, get some fruits. You can get those at the markets and, and stuff and uh, make sure you're getting your protein in. That also, if you're on a trip and you're doing that, that also is setting you up for the ability to have a fun dinner, you know? Cause I mean, if you're kind of lowering your calories by cutting some carbs out and stuff through the day, you're still getting your protein, you're getting your, your nutrition from that standpoint, but then that allows you some, some carb room, some calorie room, you know, uh, for a nice meal, a nice breakfast, whatever it is on, on, on your trip. So that always kind of falls in there. So those are a couple of things. Um, the third, one of the, one of the things that I found very beneficial for us, like competitive athletes and jujitsu people and stuff like that, that's very uh, cheap as well, is if you can find Whole Foods, 
you can roll in there and easily get a couple pieces of fruit, some nuts, a full cooked rotisserie chicken, and a bag of greens. And you are, you have salad, you are good to go. You've, you know, you got a giant salad, you can, you can do whatever. So what I usually do when I, when we travel like that, I would get a giant rotisserie chicken, I'd get some salad, um, and then I would get, you know, like a couple pieces of fruit, avocado or some guacamole or something. I'd make a giant salad. And it, there's tons of calories because there's tons of fat in the skin and all of that. So that's just a way to kind of, uh, to kind of do that. But the majority, the answer to this question is you got to be proactive. You know, when there's bad foods around, if you don't want to eat them, don't eat anything. Wait for the opportunity to put good foods in your body. You don't know where you're going. You don't know when that opportunity is going to be. That gets a little dicier. If you have the ability to do some research before you go, then you get all that stuff figured out and you'll be just fine. Um, but th- th- those are the kind of the easiest way. You just gotta, you've got to stay on it. You've got to do a little planning. You've got to be ahead of things. You've got to do a little research. And you got to just say no sometimes. I like that idea of knowing that if I know that I'm going to be going to dinner and it's, you know, it's going to be a nice dinner, it's a work trip, whatever. Okay, I'm going to prepare myself for that. Like, I'm going to, let, I'm going to enjoy that meal. That's okay. That's, it's not going to kill you. But don't be an asshole about every meal. <laughs> so, Jeff, when you get to Dallas, Texas tonight, we are going to go to this massive, you know, this barbecue place and we're going to have a good time. So, that would be a time where in the day you could say, look, you know, maybe I'm going to fast today and I'm going to save a lot of my caloric intake to where I can kind of binge a little bit more. Um, or maybe, hey, I'm just going to eat a little bit lighter before I get on the plane. I'm going to cook some stuff at home, some good healthy stuff. And then I'm going to fast all the way until that meal. And, and then, you know, I don't want to say you've earned the right, but you've, you've earned the right through literally just like putting some thought and some preparation into it. It is earning the right in a way, you know. So you, know, you should never be scared to be able to have fun. When you travel, you want to be able to have fun. And that's... Uh, that's just where you got to start to look back at that balance game. Like, what is this trip? Is this trip a physical trip where I need to perform and I need to feel good and I need to be attentive in meetings or whatever it is? Then I'm going to enjoy maybe one bad night of food or something, but I got to be kind of on point. And if it's a spring break, then the conversation's different, right? <laughs> yeah. So it kind of depends on, on really what you want. But if you want to feel your best, and you've been putting the time, the energy into your yourself, then make sure you stay ahead of things. Like there's nothing in the airport that's going to bring you value and you're not going to be sitting in there for long enough to absolutely have to need food. And if you are, you can take food. <laughs> take food on the airplanes all the time. Yeah. That's another thing I should have said. I mean, if I'm flying and I'm not fasting, I'm making food and putting it in my bag and taking it on the airplane. And, uh, you know. I don't know why I never think of that. I don't know how many times people have looked at me weird for having hard-boiled eggs and salmon. And I do get <laughs> it because it's got that smell. I get it. But then it's like, well, the whole damn plane's eating shit. You know, I was <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, they're sitting here doing all this stuff. So I don't know. It's just funny. But, uh, yeah, you got to be on top of it. You got to plan things. You got to look, do a little, do a little uh, research. Do a little planning. Yeah. Don't be an asshole about it. Yeah, that's the answer to everything. What about uh, 
kind of the the exercise routine because you're definitely off your game a little bit you know the schedule's off and all that like what do you encourage people to do to you know not stress about move like, oh move the worst thing to do is to sit there in the airport everybody just sits there i got two hours till my flight we'll just sit here move you can get thousands of steps. You can walk around. You're carrying your bags and stuff. Now I get it. Some of you might be alone, have five bags or whatever. Like it's not, I get it. But for the most part, you can always take quite a few 10, 15 minute, 20 minute terminal walks up and down and just move. Like that's literally the thing. If you sat in an airport all day traveling, but you did a ton of walking in there, you're probably going to end up taking more steps than you do on your normal day. You know, I always think that's funny because when I'm in an airport, I have that exact thing. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be moving as much as I am. And then I look down at my phone. I'm like, well, that, I walked three hours today, you know, because shit to do in the airport. It's boring. I'll go watch people I'll move around or stretch around on the floor. Um, here's kind of that other thing that I like, that I like to look at all this stuff. Who stretches in airports? Who moves and stretches and works out in airports? My wife does. Healthy people. (laughs) The people that are in shape and healthy. Who doesn't? The people that aren't in shape and healthy. And Mm -hmm. they want to know how to do it. And they're like, there's a perfect example of the dedication it takes. It's not weird to us. We go to the airport. We're bored. We're sitting there bored. So it's like, I could stretch around, do the stuff that makes me feel good, get some of these minutes. And this is adding up. It's putting longevity back into my, my body piggy bank here. There's the answer. So when you see the people in the airport exercising, probably going to find some people that are decently in shape. Says it all right there. I mean, it does. You just got to move. We always love in. No, what says I want to go back to something you sent me the other day. You sent me a study that literally had like a 50% increase or decrease in all cause mortality with 7,000 steps a day. Yeah. There's your airport. You, your 7,000 steps in an airport have literally reduced all-cause mortality in many studies by up to 50%. Mm-hmm. So while you can't be in the gym, while everything is not optimal and perfect, the number one most valuable exercise for human beings is still at your disposal. Yeah. Take it. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, that study I thought was interesting. I had to send it to you because we've talked about walking and we had a whole episode on talking about why you should go for a walk. Yeah. And yeah, the study, it was like a 12 year study or something like that. And they, they followed people and they were generally older people. And yeah, their, their conclusions were if you walk 7,000 steps a day, roughly three miles, it's kind of the, the corollary there, then yeah, you reduce all causes of mortality by 50% plus. I mean, it was extravagant how much and they didn't even talk about, like they said, pace of walking doesn't matter. No, like just steps. go walk 7,000 steps, dramatic yeah. reduction in your chance of dying from How something horrible. How many steps do people not get because they're sitting here looking for that shoe or the other supplement or maybe this, or they're watching this person to see what they do. And they've, you know, it. We know that the sauna basically does the same sort of thing as walking 7,000 steps. They are some of the biggest, we've read the sleep books. There are the three things right there that are just like giant wrecking balls that will do more than any bullshit that you can figure out. And it's like maximize those and everything will start to take care of 
itself, you know, for sure. And these are the, those are such old school things that like, I think about my great, my great uncle who, uh, who, you know, by all accounts until, you know, until he was very old, was very healthy. He lived a very active lifestyle and he walked two to three miles every day. Uh, and he'd always get back from his walk and have two apples, (laughs) you know, make sure he eats some fruits and yeah, slept good. Right. Those are just those old, those things that everybody's known forever. There's nothing surprising. We we talk about this all the time and we point this out, but you just, I love that he had two apples and I've, I've made a point like, but you stay in this fitness industry and you're going to find a problem with having two apples at a time. And this is the bullshit that's got to stop, man. Real food, real movement, you know, and, and real accountability towards your stuff and real time tested methods that have big bang for buck turnover are the things that we should be investing our time into. Um, we're not going to get that from any new age, new, no new age product, no new age program, no new age exercise or piece of equipment is going to give us what we truly want inside without us finding our true healthy self inside. Yeah. It's kind of that desire. The product's not going to do anything for you if you don't just already have that like willingness to do whatever the work is. Yeah. You know, Hmm. I know it's crazy stuff. Yeah. It's, it's so weird too, because everything's got just so much context to it. Like, you know, we can, we can sit here and, and make anything sound good and find some research and point to why you should do something. But I think the things that as we should be just hammering home are, are those things that truly makes us better human beings. And those things are getting popular today. Those are the things that are being talked about today. Those are the things that people are talking about mental health and having better thoughts and putting better food in your body and getting more sleep, not just because it gives you a bigger bench press, but because it can make you a better human being at work or in the the family. And the gym is a byproduct to that. And I think the most impressive thing and I got in this discussion today and it happened to be about the King, Mr. King, but, uh, <laughs> extremists don't ext- extreme stuff. I get it. Everybody's like, Hey, shut up. You know, don't rag on this guy. He's motivating. I get it. Extremes can be motivating, but they can be very misleading. And I'm afraid that the misleading part overdoes the motivating part at first. You know what I mean? Extreme examples of things should not be what we truly aspire to be like. We should be looking for the person who's got the balance, that's got the entire life put together in a good optimal homeostasis, but also killing it in the gym or whatever you know we want. That's our desire. The extreme gives us this dopamine rush and it gives us this instant gratification every day and this feeling and and it makes us feel like we're a part of something that's big and stuff. But what we really want are the ones who have figured it out and have the balance to everything. And um, going back to that, you're going to find a person who moves around in the airport a little bit, doesn't eat the bad airport food and does a little bit of research into finding the restaurants that are going to serve them the best so they're going to enjoy the most and all the above. So that all just kind of falls into place. It, it makes me think of a lot of the, 
motivational quotes and things like that that you see where it's like, I'm going to do the things that nobody else is willing to do. And unfortunately, I think that gets translated often into, I'm going to do the extreme things that nobody else is doing. And that's how I'm going to set myself apart Yeah. without really realizing that maybe the thing that everyone else isn't doing is those normal, the, like the common things that we should be doing, right. That we're not. Yeah. It's the making sure I sleep right. Making sure I'm eating real food, making sure I'm walking 7,000 steps a day. Like those are the things I'm moving around in the airport. If I got to travel, those are the things that nobody's doing. When we talk about, I'm going to do all the things that nobody else does so that I can be the best. Maybe it's much more mundane stuff that we should be looking at that we can be consistent and constant and do every day as opposed to trying to be very extreme because the things that people aren't doing, it's, they're not being consistent. I mean, we see that all the time, right? Like just showing up three times a week. There's a lot of people that they're not even doing that. And so maybe that's the thing that people are doing. Yeah, It's it's much more mundane than something very extreme. There kind of needs to just be this like this baseline human thing, right? It's like, from a baseline, we need to be eating real foods. We need to get about five to 7,000 steps in, hopefully 10, you know, a day we need to, you know, but we do have those things. That's what's weird. And you did say it like social media just it blows me away and it interests me so much. Cause like, I've never been a part of like something every single day where I do, you do, we all do. Everybody does. We just share those quotes, those wisdom. Like we share the answer to every one of our questions nonstop. Yeah. But it's up to us to control our own demons or whatever it is and our own battle in self to apply what we is going in front of our face every second. That's the weird part, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is. And I, you know, guilty as charged, you know? I, every day, I, every day. I, I feel like I'm at a place right now where I'm, I don't, I don't feel like I've, I, I, I've, I've been there where I get that idea of the extreme and I actually feel like I'm not there right now because I've finally got this grasp of I'm not doing the mundane things right. I'm not a hundred percent perfect on the mundane thing. So like, let's start there. Let's start with the first thing I do when I get up in the morning should not be to jump on Instagram or check my email. I got off of that really well. And then like I've fallen back into, I've I've fallen off the wagon now where my morning routine isn't what I'd set up. And so, okay, let's just get back to that where I get out of bed and I spend five minutes stretching a little bit and I'm going to spend five minutes reading a book and I've got 10 minutes out of the way of doing two healthy things before I actually pick up my phone and look at my email. Yeah. I was doing that and you fall. So it's like, let's go back and let's, let's do the mundane. Let's do the basic Mm -hmm. stuff. Let's do the, the boring stuff that is actually really hard sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, that's what's always been funny is like anytime there's like levels of those who I uh, have studied from or I really appreciate and and have been a influencing in in my life and like this field. And when you get up to like those top pillar people, those people that I put up on this, this pedestal for myself, it's the funny part is like, that's what they go back to talking about. Like we've said a thousand times, when you get through the levels of the trainers that want to want to be the one to have all the answers, then you get up to the one that 
has the answers and he doesn't want to give you an answer. He wants to go back and just making sure you start living better. And it, I don't know. I, I have to, I do, we, we are all guilty of it. And I think it's a beautiful thing about life is just being able to be, you know, maybe hear this and think about some of the, the bullshit routines that you do, that you know you do, that you make excuses for in your head in which psychology has given you all the scientific stuff and told you what they are and you know your shadow and all this stuff, you know it. Have a real conversation and maybe bring somebody in, a friend or a loved one, and somebody that can give you that, that ugly third-party objective criticism. Like, not, I, don't, I think it's, nothing is more valuable than for me to be vulnerable and say, Jeff, like, I'm struggling with some things. I'm struggling with some things in business and this area and stuff. And I've got these ideas and these are put forth, but like, this is where I'm stuck. And a true friend is going to say, you've been bullshit. You've been sitting, you need to put A and B together. You need to get back to this and you need to get off your ass and do something. And that could be a very mean thing in most of the time, but it's not. That's where we should say like, you're right. That that's what I express. I want your true friend. You're showing me where I'm at. And now I have the power to just fucking do it. And that's, that's where, where change happens. And um, it happens in so many different ways, not just physically, of course. I think that same kind of thing gets used in every aspect of life. But we need to start doing that kind of stuff. And that just goes back to, to being more communicative with your, you know, your family, your friends, your coach, whoever it is. But um, the answers to all this stuff, we already have them. We just need to kind of reorganize and figure out what we need to kind of flip-flop and change a little bit. It's perfect. Coach, we got to get out of here. It's uh, time for me to go get my workout in for one. Yeah. So it's time for that. But you got any final words of wisdom as we get out of here? Man. Uh, maybe a coupon code for some active recovery shoes. <laughs> words, of, words of wisdom. You know, I could say it every week, but it really is. We, we nailed it. The moving. I've personally walking. I've never seen something gain as much steam as it has and what i mean is i I grew up in the strength conditioning world and and all the big fat overweight powerlifters who couldn't hardly do shit and i watched every one of them over the years my friends people that i admired and stuff i've watched every one of them nowadays start to talk about especially the ones that are in their 40s and 50s talk about the importance of 10 minute walks and just getting out and moving and building an aerobic base for even those big burly power lifters and so uh, that is the one thing that i've seen come full circle in this industry um and literally cross every niche of this industry it's it's come full circle so the number the biggest wisdom today is get off your butt man and start walking more and uh i don't want to make it too complicated but do think about walking healthy like when you're getting out walking healthy your mindset should be i'm out here moving healthy it's not i'm out here doing this tour i'm just kind of walking around looking down at my phone get out there get some sun get some movement let your body move be healthy breathe deep and it does man it 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 does wonders to your body i mean there's there's energy that transforms and helps so there you go go for a walk move Give Coach Luke a follow. You can follow him on Instagram at GreenStrengthIV and head on over to GreenStrength online at GreenStrengthHQ.com. And otherwise, we'll see you next time right here on the Green Strength Podcast. <laughs>